If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. Hope you had a great weekend. I know that it ended with some tragic news, which is what we want to talk about first this morning. I know, look, I understand this is uh, political talk. This is political talk. Uh, We talk about political, cultural issues, so uh, we don't talk, although we do sometimes, from time to time, talk about sports, and I want to begin the program by talking about the tragic um, death of of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and others aboard a helicopter outside of Los Angeles yesterday morning. Um, So we'll do that here in the first segment. Um, as we get started, if you are new to the program, welcome. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can email me your thoughts, questions, opinions. Heck, yesterday I got a message. Someone's wanting a long sleeve T-shirt for the Todd Huff Show, something that we actually, believe it or not, not making this stuff up, we've actually, that's on our list of something to do. I just hadn't gotten around to it as we're expanding to hour number two, which will kick off on Wednesday. Tomorrow will be the last one-hour program. Wednesday will kick off the first two-hour program, and so there's lots of stuff going on with that, but that's on the list. So responded um, to that emailer, Someone that you know asked the question. So I welcome any kind of question, thoughts at that email, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can also go to Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow to watch their program live or on demand or on demand. So want to begin uh, with this, this terrible news about NBA legend Kobe Bryant. Yesterday morning, he and his daughter, along with other folks, Aboard a helicopter, we're heading to a, I believe it was a practice, a basketball practice. His daughter had ambitions of becoming a WNBA player. She's 13 years old. She um, was, from what I understand, quite, quite talented at basketball. Foggy conditions in the Los Angeles area yesterday. The helicopter. Um, it sounds like I heard some of the um, the tower communications with the helicopter. Sounds like they uh, were flying 
they needed visual um you know some some visual flying to be able to get this helicopter where it needed to go and so they were waiting for the fog to clear and being moved for traffic and circling certain parts of the area as they were waiting to it sounded like come down to to land or they were nearing their destination and no one i don't i haven't seen exactly what happened yet but apparently in the confusion the helicopter uh, was not at a high enough altitude to fly in the direction that this pilot ended up taking it and they uh, crashed into a mountain i'm killing everyone aboard that helicopter tragically and so um, i was actually preparing a little bit for this show and we have a, a small group bible study that meets on sunday nights in our home and i was preparing for that as well and i saw the news actually break during the pro bowl um, i was at a i was at a place where this was on in the background so uh, but the volume was on it's a quiet place i I go on a Sunday or have been going to to just kind of set aside some time to do a little bit of show prep and to to finalize the 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 bible study the the small group meeting that we have and I saw this I saw this come on by the way I saw the pro bowl as well I don't part of the pro bowl this they need to do away with this this game this game is it's it's a glorified uh, two-hand touch football and they're also changing rules that one day I, I promise you will be the rules in the NFL things like things like you can choose if you're the team that scores a touchdown you can agree to instead of kicking off which they're trying to do away with the kickoff altogether instead of giving the other team the ball since the onside kick no longer works because of the rules changes you can agree to take the ball again yourself on your own 25 and it'd be fourth and 15. So anyway, that's what I was watching this news. I was actually preparing. This was on in the background. The news pops up, breaking news. And I first heard uh, about Kobe Bryant. I'm sure uh, you either saw this or got an alert or what have you on your phone as well. So information began to to trickle in. But I, I think that the first initial response from this at least for me you know kobe bryant was um he he graduated i believe he graduated was drafted the year that i i graduated high school so we're roughly the the same age and when you know someone that you have seen and admired his competitiveness his drive to win his talent we're talking about a guy who scored 81 points in an NBA basketball game. That's absolutely incredible to score 81 points. There's teams. There's been teams throughout NBA's uh, the NBA's history that have not scored 81 points in a game. In fact, there was a period of time in the NBA where defense ruled and 80 points was kind of on the higher end of scoring. Kobe Bryant scored that himself. His last game, he scored 60 points. His last game before he retired. You think about retiring retiring at an age or at a point in one's career where you can still score 60 points a feat that's accomplished by very few individuals he was able to do that uh, on his in his last game which is just a storybook ending all right i mean just absolutely fantastic and phenomenal but this guy this guy was a competitor's uh competitor's competitor 
I mean, he was, you know, for all the criticism against some of these other folks who just don't have uh, the instinct to take over a game and just do whatever it takes to to, to win. Uh, Kobe Bryant had those those traits. Arguably, he and Michael Jordan, the two most competitive, uh, driven NBA players in the history of the game. And so these things transcend the sport, which is why I like to talk about it. These things, I think when you watch this, this is one of the things that sports has the ability to do for you and I, for those of us that are not good enough to compete with these incredibly talented and gifted individuals in the sport of basketball, or you can take football, baseball, whatever your sport is, MMA, take your pick. Conor McGregor fought again. Uh, what, not this past weekend, but the, the weekend before last. I mean, this is true greatness to watch these folks. I know that there's all these other shenanigans and things that some of these folks get into. I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about learning, watching, being inspired by the greatness. Not that the other stuff doesn't matter. You know that it does with me. You know that it does culturally. I'm just saying there's another element of this that I want to stay in the lane of today, which is just just the greatness of, of of sport and how we can how we can use that if we've played sports we can use the lessons and apply those to our lives i'll tell you in the periods of uh, difficulty the periods of uh, trial if you will in my life <clears throat> i've drawn on the lessons from sport it, it teaches you things that i think you cannot learn in the classroom you can learn in other ways, but the competitiveness of sport, continuing when you don't feel feel, uh, feel like continuing, things like that, finding a way to win even when you're not performing at your best, all those sorts of things you can learn. You can learn in sport, and so I'm in. I always had a great deal of admiration for for Kobe. Never was a huge Lakers fan, but had a great deal of respect and admiration for Kobe. And I was a bit of a, a Kobe, I don't want to say a fan. I was never like a, you know, some of the folks that uh, act like these are gods on, on planet Earth. I don't mean that, but I, I admired what he was able to do, the skill, the drive, the competitiveness. And to see that, you know, he, he was past his athletic prime, but folks, he was at in the prime of his life, 41 years old with his daughter, teaching her, some thinking maybe to some degree coaching. I, I, there's been some speculation as to whether he was actually the coach or just helping her specifically. There was videos of him coaching her during games, even a game, a recent game that I, that I saw, I think, on TMZ. Anyhow, this, this is a tragic situation. It, it's, you know, when you... I don't want to say I grew up watching him because I grew up watching a little bit earlier because as a kid, an eight-year-old kid, Kobe was about eight when I was eight. So to I watched Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas. So I was a little bit older when I saw Kobe. and But it still has, a, it has an impact on you when someone who's you know that, uh, that profound, that talented, that just i mean truly amazing at, at his craft in the prime of his life someone who's always been uh, 
in shape, seemingly invincible. When you see this tragedy, it's sad. It also makes you pause and, as I think it should, make all of us pause. We should do this daily. We shouldn't need reminders like like this. But it should make us pause and think, you know, what is really important in life? Because it's easy to be distracted. And I know we talk, we'll talk about impeachment today. I want to get to that. But before we do that, I want to say a few more things about this. And I want to talk about maybe some of the takeaways. Maybe some of the things that we can take a moment culturally, societally, just to take a deep breath and say, you know what, that's just, you know, this this tragic event of an NBA legend, someone that has earned the respect and admiration of countless, uh, well, he's earned the admiration of countless fans in Los Angeles, specifically around the world. China was a huge Kobe Bryant supporting nation. Um, and, and just lots of fans, NBA fans, sports fans, fans of greatness. Um, but I think there's a, an opportunity here to take a deep breath as, as we talk about these other political issues, which are important. I'm not suggesting that they're not. I'm not suggesting that we don't fight for them. But I think I think maybe this this sort of tragedy can cause some people to maybe hit a hard reset. Um and maybe rethink some of the ways they've been uh, behaving, treating other people, uh, and the like. So I want to talk about that briefly when we get back as we honor uh, here in the beginning of this program the, the great Kobe Bryant who tragically passed away yesterday while traveling to basketball, a basketball game, I believe, or practice with his daughter who also passed away tragically at the age of 13. So we'll continue this conversation when we get back. Uh, and then shift into discussions on impeachment the rest of the program. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. If you're just joining us, we're um, taking just a moment here, just a moment. And I know that this is not sports talk, but we're talking about the tragic death of Kobe Bryant. Um, by the way, I watched a little – actually, I watched – ended up watching the most of the Pacers game last night, which they finished up a road trip. They lost in Portland. Um, you know, thinking about Kobe's 81-point game, I saw – uh, Damian Lillard scored 50 last night. The guy was unconscious, shooting threes from virtually anywhere across the half-court line, making them, not just shooting them, making them. And to realize he scored 50, and it was a phenomenal performance, and yet that's still 31 points shy of Kobe's all-time high score ga- you know, highest-scoring game. It just put it into perspective. So at the beginning of the game last night, I don't know if other games did this as well, I imagine that they did. During the opening tip, I thought this was an, a, a, a very good thing for the teams to do. Um, the other team, the Trailblazers, got the tip, and they took a 24-second violation in honor of Kobe Bryant because one of the numbers he wore in his NBA career was number 24. The other number he wore was 8. And so the Pacers, when the 
Trailblazers took the 24-second violation. The Pacers then inbounded the ball back in their backcourt, held the ball for eight seconds, taking an eight-second violation, which number eight was the other number worn by by Kobe Bryant. So, I don't know. This was, uh, you know, this this kind of hits you, I think, especially the, the sadness. He's got he's got kids. He's you know the prime of his life. He's moving on to things post NBA. The guy's been very successful in lots of areas. You know, I also am reminded I have a good friend that's uh, from the Los Angeles area. He was a huge, huge Kobe Bryant fan. In fact, back in the days, the Lakers played the Indiana Pacers in the NBA Finals back in 2000. And there was a little, that's back when my friend Howell and I were, <clears throat> uh, would communicate more frequently because that's, uh, we had just uh, left school, which is where we met one another, roommates. And so I remember kind of having some fun uh, talking about Lakers Pacers stuff. And so this stuff, I mean, this is, he, Kobe Bryant had an impact on both a city a sport, and even places around the world with the fan base in China and so forth. So I think that these types of things should cause us to reevaluate things. It reminds me, and I'm, please, please don't misunderstand, I'm not comparing this specifically um, with, with, with 9-11, but you know that that's a different that was an attack on the country and i'm i'm not comparing it in that sense but i am comparing it in one sense where people people were affected by something this this attack in 911 and the country unified in a lot of ways i know again it, it was an attack on america and that's back when bush's approval numbers i think went over 90% in the wake of the attack against uh, against us Right after the nine eleven attacks, the and I'm not again comparing it in that sense, but in the sense that it caused people to think, to stop and to to think about what was what was really important. And I'm wondering, maybe, maybe if some, I don't expect this to happen in bulk, but maybe some people will even temporarily lose a degree of of the viciousness, the hatred, the animosity, and thinking about the reality that. Life is short. Life is unpredictable. It doesn't matter. Some of these things don't don't matter. They certainly don't justify, even if they matter greatly, they don't justify treating another human being the way that we see, uh, see some people treat one another. And look, I think politics, it certainly matters. How we live this side of heaven matters tremendously. And I happen to think that the nation that we've set up here in this great this great country – this place that we call home in the, in the United States is the best way, the best form of government, the best style, the best, uh, the, the closest to the. And I'm not talking about the bureaucracy. That's that's been a, an abuse. That's we have problems within our government because of what our government has decided it's going to do outside of the confines of what it's supposed to be doing. But this constitutional republic, this respect for individual liberty. Freedom, free speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press. These are good things. These are things that are that are rooted in, I think, the way that – well, I think it's not really arguable, the way that God created mankind to live. He created us to be free. And so a government that reflects that is going to be blessed or reap the benefits of, of agreeing with the way that creation is 
is supposed to live. And so there, it matters when people disagree with that and people want to see more regulation, bureaucracy, taxation, less freedom. And we should fight about that. We should be able to fight intensely about that. We should be able to use hyperbole, exaggeration, all sorts of things. We should be able to go after these ideas. We should be able to be aggressive politically, argue these ideological points until we're red in the face, if that's you know your style or what have you. We should be able to do all those things. But we shouldn't allow that truth, the importance of having that fight, we shouldn't allow that to justify pure hatred. I mean, folks, it's gotten to the point. You know this. I've, I've read stories. I've seen – I mean <laughs> – We've seen things on on television, some of the things that people feel justified in doing because someone doesn't politically agree with them, right? I mean, you've seen from from things as seemingly small and trivial, although in another sense it's not small and trivial, but from from dumping cokes or throwing cokes in people's faces to flat out assaulting, and that's assault technically, but I mean physically assaulting them, trying to beat them up, and worse. We've seen that. We've seen that in this country. So hopefully, at a moment like this of, of reflection, you think about someone like like Kobe Bryant, and I know that some folks don't won't think about this for two seconds, but it has it, it's it can have that that effect that that tragedy can actually have positive effects if people stop and, and realize the brevity of life, what's truly important in life, people, individuals, our relationships with them, of course, our relationship ultimately with God. And it's important to defend this constitutional republic as well. Absolutely, no questions about it. But whatever the political background or belief of someone, it doesn't justify this hatred, this pure hatred to where it even inspires evil acts by people, assault and the like. So anyway, and I'll add, that's why we're seriously conservative, not bitter on here. But it's also why we do some things kind of tongue-in-cheek. We talk about this being radio safe space and that listening to this program can in fact cause you to lean to the right. In fact, we'll add that 98% of scientists – Agree, which is 1% more than agree that man is causing climate change. 98% of scientists agree that listening to this program can stop and even reverse reverse those despicable effects of, of liberalism. We have some fun with it, but I welcome liberals to listen to this program. I don't hate you. I just think that your ideas are dangerous. I think that liberalism is not the way that... that were to live. I believe that freedom and liberty in the Constitutional Republic um, have a much better path. And I believe in private charity, not redistribution of, of wealth for multiple reasons. Anyway, that's it in a nutshell. Again, the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant has is, is, um, hit many of us. Uh, it, it, it's sad and uh, puts, puts things into perspective as well. So I wanted to take some time this morning to recognize him, his great accomplishments, his his greatness, his inspiration on the court. Look, I know there's other things in his path. I'm not getting to that. I'm not getting to any of that. He's a 
He's a human being who accomplished tremendous things, tremendously talented, tremendously motivated, tremendously inspirational, excellent at what he does, what he did. <clears throat> and it can definitely um, seek to be an inspiration for each and every one of us. So that being said, I want to take a break. When we get back, I want to shift gears, talk about impeachment. Oh, yes, that's still going on, the impeachment trial, the Senate trial. President Trump, the Republicans, you may not have known this because you uh, this was by design. Republicans began their defense of Trump over the weekend. Democrats had through Friday. Republicans had Saturday and Sunday. Perfect time to to get some media on that, I suppose, right? Wink, wink. But we'll talk about that when we return. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. So I want to talk impeachment now. Now, you may or may not know this, depending upon what you did this past weekend, but the Trump defense started on Saturday. I want to pause and I want to tell you that this is by design. This was by design. Now, you might be saying to me, Todd, Republicans control the Senate. So why would they limit themselves to a Saturday kickoff of their defense. Well, it's because of the way, the timing of which some of these delays and so forth took place. In fact, I even mentioned this last week. Alan Alan Dershowitz pointed this out during an interview, I believe, on Hannity. And he said that the reason we saw some of these early fights and delays about certain things and amendments to the rules and so forth was to push the timeline out enough so that Democrats would have the weekdays, right? Because you have 24-7 24-7, this is, this is going on full-time. When people get to the weekend, they're thinking about other things that are going on. They're thinking about Little League sports games. They're thinking about uh, birthday parties. They're thinking about, you know, maybe they, they're, they're traveling for the weekend, seeing family. Uh, whatever their weekend is comprised of, people, people look Monday through Friday. There's a reason our weeks are set up this way, Monday through Friday. Typically, people work Saturday, Sunday church, family, sports, whatever they're doing. But it's not uh, its not to sit there and, and to pay attention, eyes glued to, to the TV, over impeachment proceedings. And so that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Remember there was fights. I think McConnell gave in at one point, extending the amount of days. Coincidentally, right? Coincidentally, of course, they extended the amount of days just – so that it perfectly coincided with Democrats wrapping up on Friday afternoon and, of course, Republicans starting on on Saturday. So in the minds of many Americans, all they know about, all they've heard about, all they probably care about, all they probably think even happened is that the case against Donald Trump, if you want to call it that, was made in the Senate by Adam Schiff by Jerry Nadler and the rest. And they're probably still thinking, when do Republicans get to respond? Well, they they did. They did. How Republicans fall for this, by the way. How how Republicans fall for these games and become, I mean, when I say to you the Democrats are better 
at The Art of Politics Than Republicans. This is Exhibit A, and there's probably 500 other exhibits we could pull up here. This is exactly why I say that. And how they fall to this every time, it's a combination of a couple things. The combination of the desire to be fair, the desire to not be political. Have you ever noticed, by the way, the only time bipartisanship matters is when Republicans have power? It's the only time it matters to the media. only time it matters to the Democrats. When Democrats have control, as they did back in the uh, 2008, 2010—actually, 2009 to 2011—they had controls of both uh, both legislative um, houses of you know, Congress and the presidency. And if you remember, that's back when Obama would say things like, "You had your chance. Uh, you need to sit down and shut up and let us rule." Basically, is what he said. I don't remember talks of bipartisanship because there weren't talks for bipartisanship. These things only apply when Republicans are in, in control, and it, and it impacts Republicans. It does. It impacts them. Democrats are given a free pass. Just like look at the House and the, the Senate, the way that these the impeachment has been handled. Republic, House Democrats didn't call any of these witnesses, even try to call any of these witnesses that they're demanding the Senate now call. All people say, why won't Republicans? Why won't the Republicans call witnesses? Well, why didn't the House? But we don't ask that question because that's not expected. House does what it does. House pushes this through in a very partisan way. There weren't any conversations before the House impeachment drama began. The media wasn't asking how many defectors would the Democrats need for the uh, for impeachment of Donald Trump to not take place. There weren't talks about that. Now in the Senate, that's always what we hear. Can can we have, now we need 51 to, to hear from witnesses. We just need a simple majority. Can we get there? Oh my goodness. And we, even know, we even know that if there's a tie, that Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, who usually, Sarah Palin was right back in 2008, they act like she was an idiot, but she knew that the Vice President was actually president of the senate that he or she could cast tie-breaking votes of course we also didn't hear that sarah palin would have been the first female vice president that also doesn't matter when republicans are running that only matters when they're democrats just like in 2016 republicans actually had a very ethnically and racially diverse um, uh, group of folks running for office and the democrats gave us four old white guys and a clinton of course my personal favorite was sexy 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 martin o'malley you look at the Democrat slate of ticket, uh, the, the slate of candidates this year. We've got several old white guys, a socialist, and a make-believe made a Native American. None of this stuff matters. It only matters when Republicans, Republicans aren't doing it or meeting the the standard, the expectation. When Republicans, or excuse me, when Democrats are the ones that have the power, or when it's their turn to do something, all of these things are completely ignored. completely ignored, doesn't matter whatsoever. It only matters when Republicans do it. And how in the world Republicans fall for this stuff time and time again, talking about the timeline of when they actually get to present their case uh, for defending the president. Basically wasted, in my estimation, two days because they fall 
into this trap. You know, imagine, if you will, imagine if the Democrats day one and day two were Saturday and Sunday. You realize the fit we would have seen thrown about that? How Republicans were trying to silence them, trying to relegate them to insignificant days where they wouldn't have any sort of attention paid to this ridiculous trial taking place in the Senate. Anyway, lots more to say about this. Got to take a time out. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Shifting here uh, from talking about Kobe Bryant, the first segment, to talking about impeachment. Impeachment, by the way, I should mention, remind you that tomorrow is the last day, the last day in this show's existence since our beginnings back in August of 2015. When I started podcasting in our bedroom closet, I'll even clarify that by saying my wife's bedroom closet. Now, we share a bedroom, but she has her, her own closet that's where I used to podcast from beginning in August of 2015. Now we're expanding to a second hour. Tomorrow's the last one hour, the last one hour day of our program. We'll be expanding to two hours on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we'll expand to a second hour. By the way, there'll be other ways for you to hear that hour uh, that I'll tell you about and more to come on that. But anyway, I've been talking about. Uh, Kobe earlier on, and now we've been moving on to impeachment. Um, the Kobe Bryant tragedy early on, I said a lot about that and tried to recognize <clears throat> recognize him for just the greatness um, and the inspiration that, that he was transcending sports in my estimation. But we kind of left that discussion talking about maybe, maybe this is an opportunity for some people to think, you know, I can still fight for my political cause or whatever without trying to personally destroy uh, the lives of those that are my political adversaries or those who don't agree with me. I've always long found myself wondering if you are interested, if you are interested in persuading people, why do you not try to be persuasive? Why do you want to ostracize those who disagree with you? Shouldn't you be wanting their attention so that you could possibly communicate with them something that would change their minds? Isn't that what you would have to do to persuade them? Instead, we have social media warriors that are out there pounding their chest. I've seen some of showing Oz here behind the scenes, some of these reprehensible tweets of things that I'd seen uh, regarding the Kobe Bryant tragedy. Simply evil and reprehensible. I've got no other words, no other words for it. But I do have a question about impeachment. And this is a serious question. Why can Democrats call for multiple investigations, multiple, against President Trump for years, plural, years, plural? Why can they do that, but Trump can't call for a single investigation against Democrats? Why is that suddenly a bad thing? Why? I mean, if we're to follow the logic of the left— and see, language matters, the insinuations, the, uh, the, the way that they talk about it matters. 
I mean, they, they framed this as the only possible alternative, or the only, I should say, possible explanation for Trump telling, asking the Ukrainians to look into the Bidens and Burisma is because he's trying to get them to interfere with the election. Why does that take so uh, so much root with the American people, or at least some of them. Well, it's because they invested years on this stupid Russian collusion nonsense. So now this is Russia collusion. I'm going to say 2.0, but 2.0 implies that it's an improvement. I don't mean that it's an improvement. I simply mean that it's the next step of. The next step of Russian collusion is Ukrainian coll- uh, collusion. And Adam Schiff's up there basically talking about how Trump is, you know, to the, the whole Russian investigation thing was looking through the lens of hindsight saying, oh, these are the things Trump did. Now they're actually predicting the future, what Trump was going to do. And of course, the only explanation in their minds is to interfere with an election, not to pursue justice. No one's, def- I mean, no one's actually come out and given a, a, a full throat of defense for, for the Bidens. They haven't done that, by the way. In fact, they haven't given any explanation. All they've ever said is, well, this has been looked into. There's nothing here. Well, what, what's been found? Nothing. Well, what specifically can you tell us about this? Well, I can tell you specifically that it's been dismissed by other countries, other media outlets. Oh, so you want me to trust the other governments of the world and the media outlets? Sure. No problem. Sign me up for that. How about some actual evidence, some actual things that tell us that Trump's way off base here? Instead, they want to tell us that Trump's pushing, pushing a disproven theory by uh, talking about this, what, CrowdStrike server in Ukraine. That was debunked. Well, you know what was debunked? Russian collusion was debunked. But yet we continue down that path. And I have, I mean, the question still stands. Why can Democrats call for multiple, nonstop, insatiable investigations into Donald Trump? And they've already told us if the House, excuse me, the Senate doesn't vote to remove Trump, they're already going to call other witnesses. They may impeach Trump again. We've heard people say this, uh, members of Congress. We can impeach, impeach Trump again and again and again. Reminds me of the Michael Scott paper company. If I go out of business, he tells David Wallace, I'll just start another paper company and another paper company and another paper company after that. I've even got a list of names. David says, Michael, that's one of them, Michael says. Same thing. I've got impeachment after impeachment after impeachment. I'll impeach for anything that's conceivable under the sun, says liberal Democrat in the House. And they will. That's okay. That's not politically motivated. That has nothing to do with the election, nothing to do with 2020. The idea that this is happening in an election year, totally happenstance. Totally happenstance. They're not trying to interfere with an election. No, no, no. That's only President Donald Trump. It's just amazing to me the, the, the complete lack of, of independent thinking for yourself. Not you, but collectively as a nation. To me, this is the most obvious of all the problems, one of them. One of the most obvious of all the problems with this stupid investigation, this stupid nonstop process. I've got to take a break. So much more to say, just not enough time. When we get back, we'll come up and wrap up for the day. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. 
back. So, got to wrap up here for the day. But we've got impeachment, even though we didn't see anything. I mean, technically you could have, but most Americans didn't see anything uh, pertaining to Trump's impeachment defense over the weekend. So, ergo, if you don't see it, it didn't happen. So many Americans, all that they're left with is the case against Donald J. Trump made by Adam Schiff, which, again, sounded like a record on on repeat, which, of course, uh, is designed to interpret the intentions of Trump, look through things, uh, look at things, I should say, through one lens, which is Trump is basically the spawn of Satan and is only capable of looking after himself. That's pretty much the case that they've made against Donald J. Trump. I will say this in closing here. I think the, the Republican, the Trump defense, needs to make sure that they connect the dots here, make the case that politics is a quid pro quo. And just because Trump asked for something, which some people may determine was uh, you know inappropriate, whatever, make sure you tie it to something that's not personal. There's another reason for this. I've got to go SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.